All right, recording. I'm telling you, dude. I've 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 never beat more than two two children in the same room in one time. I've never, <laughs> never three. <laughs> Been a while since we've done this shit, so you're gonna have to catch the flow again. Last one was probably uh, the Tom Brady episode. Whenever the Chiefs play the Buccaneers, he still fuck Tom Brady all day. Oh yeah, every day. Oh God, we hate Tom Brady in this house that we're recording in. In this house, <laughs> in this like the, the, <laughs> we we pray in this house, but ours is just man. We man fuck Tom Brady in this house, bro. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it's been a while since we did one. The one before that was COVID, so that was 2020. And we did that one for uh, Tom Brady, whatever, for the Super Bowl, for the Chiefs versus Buccaneers. So, been a fat minute. I think that was before that happened. I'm, I'm pretty sure it was either during that season or before it. Because we didn't know that he was going back to the Super Bowl. I think it was a week before. So, I think it was like January, at the end of January, and the game was played early February. I think it was the last time that we did the one. Yeah, but I don't think we knew he was going to the Super Bowl when we did it. It it, it might have been playoffs, maybe. I don't remember. I do not remember. Anyway, it was it was just a whole episode of just slandering Tom Brady. Basically, <laughs> it was just all it was all hating Tom Brady. A lot of what was said was true, though. Whether or not it's true, my my heart believes it. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, so. First topic on the on the docket, uh, graduation and life after. Yeah. So, graduated this past past Friday. Yeah, we baby, move now. ULL so, alums, man. I'm going back. I called for the meeting today to go back into the MBA program. Yeah, fuck so. that. <laughs> That's my. <laughs> You're just done. Full stop. Fuck that place, bro. Ah. Uh, yeah, man. I uh, handled a little bit of had a little bit of. A little bit of a mental breakdown that night, you know. Went to the, went to a little party with with fam bam and stuff, and uh, got home that night. Had a little bit of a mental problem, you know. It was pretty on schedule. It happens, you know, every well, four or five months. So you know, yeah, <laughs> I guess, I guess, I guess, I guess it is like that for me. It uh, I don't know. It's just kind of like we programmed our brains for like four years of our life to like do a certain thing, uh, and then it's just like. Oh shit, that's done. Dog, it's like weird. I was uh, I was talking, I was talking to my parents just about like being done, like especially that like last semester because I had some classes that were like uh tough that like I didn't know if I was gonna pass or not. Like I studied so much and I did like 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 so much just like looking through all this stuff. If I just sat idle and like wasn't doing anything productive, I legit felt like super guilty. Like I, I couldn't just like chill and shut my brain off. Yeah. So for me, the the way that I was approaching. So we finished classes. Man, I had my presentation day on Cinco de Mayo for my final thing, uh, for the hospitality class. And I was, the week after that was just work and just nothing. There's yeah. nothing there, nothing to do. Um, so I was like, the best way that I, I put this, and like I told you this, I told other a few other people this, like, best way I was thinking of it was, because I'm an overthinker, I 
I put it like this. I was sitting on the wall. I was Humpty Dumpty in the middle. Uh-huh. On one side was a, a big sense of euphoria and like achievement. And you can get lost in the sense of euphoria and achievement, and you don't progress. Yeah. And then on the other side of the wall, which is the side that I usually fall off onto a lot of times, it's going to be because I don't allow myself to appreciate myself enough, I guess I could say. I beat myself up a lot. I, it's it's a vice. We all have them. You are, you are very, like, very self-deprecating, though, for sure. Yeah. Like, always have been. I, uh, I, the side that I fell off on was the one of, like, fear of what's next. Just overthinking everything about, yo, I'm going to be 20-something 20, 20 K in debt, and I'm never going to be able to pay it off, or... You know, just 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 an overwhelming cloud of like this. And I fell off of that not thinking thing, but I was able to crawl myself back on the next day onto the wall yeah. and just sit there and just not think, just do. Yeah, man. Not I think, just do. To be honest, just like speaking on some of that, I think life is learning how to balance on that wall and not falling off on either side. Yeah. Like, it's just important to do that. And like also... 20k it's a lot of money but really it's not really that much money like <laughs> it seems like a lot because like yeah like we're young and we don't have well, we've like, never seen it yeah you know like, it's not like a number that we've ever seen in our bank account yet yeah our parents have or they've seen like a loan for that much in the past yeah. you know, or like they bought houses or, or, mortgage. or vehicles yeah. and mortgages and all kind of stuff yeah. like that like yeah like for us a a big purchase or yeah. or a big paycheck's like six hundred bucks. We're like, yeah, I got six hundred bucks this paycheck, baby, let's go. Yeah. And you see twenty k, and you're like, bro, bro, let me tell you, the company does tuition reimbursement or whatever. Mm-hmm. And when I get it in or whatever, and it's with my extra my regular pay, I'm like thirty two hundred dollars less. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, nah, man. So like, I kind of fell off on the bad side of the wall and the over thinking part or whatever and you don't progress on that side either you just just cut, yeah. get caught in self-doubt and you just like kind of like depressed and so i was able to pull myself off that uh right back onto the wall the next day uh sleep sleep does numbers i guess you could say i it turns it off does. your brain it's the only time that i don't think uh, i don't have those moments during the day really where i just sit and like my brain's off I think there's always something going through my. I think you have those moments where you stop and your brain just does nothing. You've told me this in the past, where like you just like think about nothing and you're just sitting there. Yeah. But like mine just constantly goes. Like it never stops. So like. Yeah. Sleep is the only time I don't really dream anymore. Like I don't remember any of my dreams if I have them. It's really rare. Um. So I was able to pull myself back on the wall, and instead of thinking about thinking about looking at it as think about nothing, it's. Do don't think. Do don't think. Yeah. So like, um, I can't remember what day it was that I did this. I think it was at work Wednesday. So it was probably Tuesday. Tuesday, I I, I set up my account with Mohila to look at how much I was gonna owe. I called them to ask some questions about it. Um, which by the way, your loan is gonna start accumulating interest again on August uh August twenty first of twenty twenty two. Uh, but you have the grace period of six months for that. Uh, that's that's what they told me when I called the office. Um, I figured out how to talk to the NBA department to set up an appointment with him to talk about like what the work schedule is going to be like for that, like how classwork is, how many hours, you know, so I can plan ahead to see what I can work. I need to get a new job. That's up in the air. I need to work on my resume, fix that. But like, focus on doing and doing things that I enjoy. So I've been I've been streaming a lot. And want to do that 
So, not really seen any traction with that, but I mean, it's it's fun. I enjoy it. I'm about like 46 bucks away from getting another Twitch check. That's been nice whenever I get that. It's just a little extra spending money here and there, but like, I don't do that for money or whatever. Just something fun. I wanted to do this too, because I, I think this is a good idea. I think people will, will vibe with it, and we, we can be down to earth and talk about a lot of things that are rough topics in, in a good manner. We communicate well with one another yeah. and with other people, and eventually have people on, let them tell their story, let them tell how they think about things, and maybe learn something new uh, that we wouldn't like talk about normally. Um, yeah. So, I don't know. It's like, wonder what's next. That's That's just... Yeah. Just sit here, 22 years old, and just wonder what's next. And like, 2022 has been a good year. I'll say that, man. We we did one of these in 2020, when everything felt weird. Everything was. It odd. was like, uh, oh man, it it was 20, but it, it was like in the 2020, I think. It was it was about the time that everything started really kicking off with with COVID and pandemic and and quarantining. I thought it was in the 2020 though, because we like. It, didn't we look back and see like all the crazy stuff that had happened? Yeah, because I think of COVID? it was. I think it was at the back half. So I think it was sometime in like Novemberish. I don't remember. I don't think I have the recording anymore. Uh, we have the videos unlisted on YouTube, but I don't think we have the recording. Maybe it anymore. was. Uh, maybe it was when like all the, uh, like all the masking and all that stuff started happening. Maybe. Yeah, but uh, 2020 and 2021. Kind of crazy years, a little bit of depression. I think that happened to a lot of people. Mental issues. Mm, yeah. It's because you have more time to think, sit around and think. But uh, at the moment now, like 2020 has been a good year, and yeah, I mean, we're halfway through. Halfway through, don't have any intention of letting that stop. Just enjoying life. So, good to go. Um. So. Hey man. Uh, I think since graduating, I've just been like, like there's. So- so much shit to get to, like like the loans, and you gotta do your resume, and like I'm between jobs, so it's like it's a lot of shit to do. So I basically just decided like that week until we graduated, until I had that paper in my hands, I was like I was just gonna veg out and try to not think about anything school related. I yeah. of course couldn't turn it off because I spent so long just grinding for it. So like I'm just trying to drop the mentality of like. Oh shit! I have to get all of these like assignments done so I can pass this class and study and all kind of shit. Like I'm still hella nervous all the time, even though I have nothing to be nervous about now. Yeah. It's it's a weird the the week before was a weird sense of like unrealized relief, and now it's just like an ang- anxiety that doesn't go away now. For some Dog, reason, it's still there. Dude, I'm so anxious for nothing, bro. I got yeah. an email from school yesterday, and I hadn't gotten an email in a while, and like. Keep in mind, we went through our graduation ceremony. We have our degrees. We have the physical proof that we graduated. I got an email, and my first thought was like, oh, no, I missed an assignment. I'm like, bro, I graduated. I don't have any more assignments. And I, it's, I'm it's, i still so stressed. So many things I want to touch uh, in life and so many things I want to look at doing. So the thing I think I think we're we're young um and it's easy to get caught up in the one for instantaneous success I think that's something that our generation with the so social media reality you see this person looks like they're living a happy lifestyle but a lot of times they're not yeah but, well I mean we got plenty of time and I it's something that we forget about it's something that we really do forget about uh you know I was talking with my my group from hospitality class and mm-hmm. uh Darius is a little bit older Jenna's a little bit older than I am and 
And uh, Darius loves Adidas. Loves, loves, loves Adidas. He's Adidas guy. You wearing Adidas shoes? He's gonna point it out. I was like, man, I love those shoes. I love that. Uh-huh, yeah. And so, I, I mean, I told him like uh, when our we were saying our our goodbyes, I guess a little bit. We still stay in touch. We've been messaging back and forth a little bit. And I was like, man, I was like, listen, in the future, if you ever want to make your own brand or whatever, let's talk, let's work. Yeah. Let's beat Adidas. Let's do better than Adidas. You know. So I don't know what's in the no. future. I have dreams that I want to chase, obviously, and like, like, I have goals and like, I have motivations for like why I want to do the things I want to do. But like in general, the one thing that I want is just to be successful, and not just like, oh, like what's be successful? Like that's like a pretty generic term. Like I, I want there to never be a point where. I'm living check to check where like if something bad happens, like if one accident or if one bad thing pops up, like I'm, I'm in the hole. Like I never want that to be a worry. Um, just because like, especially when I was smaller, like my dad grinded, he's had two jobs forever. He's in a great position now. So like we have stuff saved up, but like stuff pops up is what it is. And life gets kind of crazy and you get tight. Like, I don't want that to be, a situation that like my wife or kids run into. Tate, what you yeah. doing? You want to work for you yeah. rather than working the nine to five. Well, that and like, great. I don't want the current situation of my job, uh, climate or the economy or like any of this shit to like put pressure on me. Like, I want to be able to sit there and be like, oh, gas prices are up. All right, looks like. Looks like I'll be spending twice as much on gas. Oh, that sucks. And then just go about my day. Like, Truth. I want a comfortability when it comes to the uncomfortability that that is so much of life right now. Like, that's the point of success that I want to be at. Obviously, I want to be successful and make billions of dollars like Elon Musk. But, like, who knows if that will ever happen. But I want to be able to be comfortable when so many are uncomfortable. I want that to be the point that I reach. Yeah, and also to be able to to be able to be wealthy enough to not only be able to have yourself set up. Um I'm a person the type of person that goes you know, it's nice to have a mansion with twenty rooms, but you're only gonna live in about five. Yeah. I'm the type of person that says it's nice to have a garage that can fit twenty cars, but what are you gonna do? You only drive three of them on the regular. What's the point? So to be able to be able to reach a point too that those people that are struggling that you can help them too for sure yeah really nice really nice spot to be in yeah. uh, and and since we're talking about Elon Musk perfect transition right yeah, we'll, 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 just, so we'll just move right on into the next topic uh we talked a little bit about it uh, I don't know how you feel about his whole acquisition or whatever uh, he's been being really really like based elon on twitter yeah, yeah. super like this. super based elon man but, uh, to be honest i think just speaking on based elon first we'll talk about like his struggles with trying to acquire twitter in a second just based elon in general um i don't know if we classify ourselves as like a specific party i think we're well, like a moderate yeah. i i consider myself more in the middle because look I'm one of those people that wants to be able to communicate with everyone. Like, yeah. And in my opinion, in, the, in a business environment, and if you're being a corporate, a, a responsible, socially responsible business, you can't afford to see color. You can't afford to see sex, gender, all that stuff. You have to, you have to yeah. want all of that to be successful. And that's something that's been drowned out in our, in our culture now by social media culture, 
letting positive your personality in certain people because well I'm, i mean like, how to communicate with each other we forget how to compromise i mean everything nowadays is about seeing color and seeing differences when like for the longest time it was like we're all just humans we shouldn't see color we shouldn't see sex like we should just all like intermingle and just like just live together uh and now like it seems like every business is like no you have to see color now like come on like it's it's to a weird point where it's almost like if you don't focus on color all the time they call you bigoted now and it's like i thought like growing up especially we were taught like race doesn't mean anything like you don't see people's color and we were born in 2000 bro like it, it wasn't that long ago that people were like oh. color is not a big thing i mean and the one that really gets me is always whenever it's pride month and all these companies change their logos just to fit the narrative and stuff and like milk as much money out of as they can yeah and that's what like pains me is to see like some of the naivety of people that just go along with these companies are doing instead of like calling them on their bs now, I see a lot of memes that float around during that month about, oh, this company's doing this, that company's uh-huh. doing that. But, like, in reality, they're just they're just doing what they need to do to make profit off of it's you. Pushing. It sucks to see that they're doing that. To it people. happens every time. It's happening right now with Ukraine. There's all kind of support for Ukraine. Like, it happens every time there's a tragedy or, or, or anything like that. Like, at the end of the day, like, do these companies actually care about these issues? Yeah, sure. I'm... I'm sure there are people at the top that do care about these issues, but in general, all of these businesses are in it to make money. And you can't tell me if 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 it was a possibility that they would lose money at all because they started advertising during Pride Month for the LGBTQ plus community. If there was any chance that, that, that they lost any money because they started doing that, they wouldn't do it. Like... If there was a backlash for it, they wouldn't do it. Yeah. Which there is not, which tells me it's accepted now. Uh, so, but, yeah, so anyway, like, I don't think, I would probably say I, I'm more libertarian on a lot of stuff. Like, I I think big government's a little, eh. Uh, I can understand why you want it. I just think, in practicality, they don't, they never do it correctly. So, like, it, it's kind of, uh. But I think we're both um like more moderate kind of toward the center on uh stuff some we're issues we were discussing earlier before we started um how you got the two parties on each side the people are kind of in the middle for the most part like the the major bulk is in the middle and mm-hmm. they pull to each side and they also pull the wool over people's eyes and and distract us if we're fighting amongst each other we don't focus on the things that they're doing running their own narrative for their own pockets yeah and i feel like for 60 to 80 years now that the our elected officials haven't cared about the the, the u.s public the general public and our yeah. day-to-day lives it's just about it's been about their pockets making their deal better yeah, it's just so, stacking you know, paper basically so i don't know i think um i think him going after twitter is good uh i hate the videos that i've seen coming from like project veritas where they talk to executives like on the oh, yeah, DL, like at twitter yeah. and uh one guy made fun of elon musk for being having asperger's which i mean you have asperger's yeah and you're perfectly normal fully functioning human being yeah dog i'm i'm sexy as shit that dude so, was a dick that dude was a dick that dude's an ass. asshole that dude is a very very large yeah. ass man so i don't know um 
the SEC is doing what all it can to try and prevent it from happening. The execs at Twitter are doing everything they can to try and prevent it from happening. I uh, mean, it. So there was already huge backlash, and then like the deal was gonna go through or whatever. But then uh, Elon started pushing and saying he wanted like a count. Uh, I I believe by the SEC, but like he wants a count of the true number of users on Twitter. Like, how many users are bots? And I think Twitter's execs gave him a number that, like, 95-plus percent of active users are actual active users, like, people and not just bots. Yeah. But, like, I've been on Twitter for a while. You've been on Twitter for a while. I feel like most people that have, that have been on Twitter for a while, like, I see bots every single day. It's not like that's all I see, but it's definitely not 5%. In the in the crypto space and investing space especially, um. There's tons. They're like, oh, use this, uh, use this service, use this service, yeah. and then they like hack you or some shit like that. Yeah, you, like, actually go through the links and all that. I mean that. Uh, there was a recent study that look, re- regardless of politics, half of uh Joe Biden's Twitter follower base was non-active users, and he's got what I think it was like twenty something million followers or, uh, or, or, or something right like that. Uh, I can go look and see. Um, but like. Uh, Half of his active user follower base, or sorry, half of his follower base wasn't active anymore. Like, especially on politics, no matter what side you follow, there's a ton of bots. I think we've all seen the screenshots of like, there's like a million bots sharing the 30, same message. 34.2 million followers. So, yeah, half so of that's bots would be, his actual number would be about 17. Yeah, 17. Million. But I think we've all seen the screenshots of like when a tragedy happens or something. There's like hundreds of like bot accounts that tweet the same exact message. Like it's it's definitely not five percent, and it makes sense that he wants to cut down on the bot population. He thinks it's a big issue. He wants to know the true number, and Twitter execs don't want to give it to him, or they're fighting him on it. Like, and so that's kind of hurting the deal. Uh, he he said a couple things on social media too, which I think, like I think it was, maybe he broke an NDA or something, and uh, like they were trying to block him from buying it because he broke an NDA that he didn't know about or something. I don't know. Uh, I I just read about it, but I don't know. It's it's super interesting. I think it really just points to the fact that like even though Elon's got all these billions of dollars and realistically speaking, if if life went how so many people think it does, which is just power equals money, Elon would just, I mean, if he said he wanted to buy Twitter, the next day he would have bought Twitter. But I think now we're seeing it's way less about money equals power, and it's way more about political aligning and, and who who you actually have in your pockets, where the money comes from, and all these things. And I think, based Elon, to swing back to that and kind of connect it, I think you're seeing, based Elon... It's just a reflection of the push from a lot of people. I, I think for years, because for years we've been friends forever. We used to never really talk about politics. I mean, it was like rare. Uh, I mean, I mean, and I'll I'll be one of the first people to say like, I I'm educated on stuff. I make it a point to find articles and read and stuff. Um, but I I don't vote. Yeah, I don't vote. It doesn't feel like it matters because of the the way that the system has been for so long. Yeah, I I don't vote, but like I, there's so many people like you, and like my parents never used to really talk about politics a lot. My grandparents, my brother, like my friends, 
never really used to talk about politics a lot. And then especially from probably 2015, 2016 on, we all know who got elected in 2016. From then on, there's been such a push and such an attack on both sides of the spectrum that like you you drag people who normally don't care about politics aren't involved into it you drag them into the fight now because they have a dog in it now like i'm gonna i'm gonna bring up if i can find that tweet from earlier that we were talking about uh from the creator of dogecoin um let me find sheep toshi nakamoto yeah so just while you're finding that like the whole point that i'm making is when you push so hard uh, for certain issues, whatever it may be, like you, you push so hard, eventually you're going to get pushed back. And I think that's what we're seeing is like we're seeing the rebound effect of so many people have been pushed into having to care about politics because that's all you hear about when you turn on. I mean, even talk shows like Good Morning America should be feel good stories to go to work in the morning where they're talking about politics. Fox Sports should be about football and basketball and baseball and all kinds of other things, and they're talking about politics. Like, it's everywhere, and I think people are getting really tired of it. Sheep Tokushi Nakamoto tweeted this earlier. The problem is people really believe that they follow some strong moral compass, but in reality, they are just trying to fit in with their tribe. Ergo, the two, the two parties. Yeah. If their tribe becomes well, a bunch of bullies, they will too, and still think that they are morally superior to the outside tribe. So that's kind of what we're going through, I think, overall, is that we're we're becoming so ingrained in politics. A lot of people that didn't care about it in the past are starting to care now, and you, man, we see you them as the to. enemy because because they're across the aisle from us. Yeah. Rather than rather than I can meet this person in the middle, we can communicate, and that's we have a communication crisis right now in in our in our country and across the world. That's true, but. I think the reason so many people are getting pulled in the into the political discussion and spectrum is for years everything that was talked about was taxes and uh tariffs on imports and foreign wars and whether or not we should be in Iraq and Iran and Afghanistan and Desert Storm and what was happening in Russia and all of these things. We still talk about those things, but now we're talking about fundamental rights. Like for a while like there was a fight for like foreign affairs and like who should pay what taxes tax brackets like th- those were the main fights but then we get into there was the fight for gay marriage and those rights and i think that's what opened the door i support that I'm not saying i don't support it but that is the thing that opened the door to fighting for or against people having certain rights because since then we've seen uh whether or not someone has a right to an abortion uh, whether or not the baby in the womb has a right to anything, whether you should have rights to guns, whether uh, you should free speech, like fundamental rights are being uh, talked about now, like 20, 30, 40 years ago when all you talked about was taxes, people people didn't yeah. involve themselves, right? But now when it's fundamental rights, people are like, wait, you're not going to talk about taking away my fundamental rights now. Uh- if we can pause and talk about abortion right quick, if we might. Uh, so so Roe versus Wade, that was a leak. That was just a leak, and people yeah. got really, really up in arms about it. And I I think that it's messy whenever you start getting things like that leaked. Um, I, I yeah. don't think it should have happened, but I, I, I'd like to think in my head the only reason that they're going to get rid of the Roe versus Wade provision is 
one, they have a good idea of what they want to do to replace it yeah. at the national level, at the national stage, um, which is funny to me because we know how much they argue like children over a box of crayons in the Senate and in the House. Uh-huh. I think the Supreme Court's been doing a good job uh, for the most part. Um, but in the Senate and the House, you know, how many times in the past eight years have we almost had a government shutdown? Because they can't agree. I mean, we had a couple. <laughs> like, you know, we had a couple, right? Yeah. So that's the one part that concerns me about the whole abolition of uh, Roe versus Wade is that we might, um, we might not have a good national solution. I don't think leaving it to the states is necessarily a bad thing. Um, it's just will states get extreme with it? So I think that it needs to stay as a national issue, um, and it can be fixed nationally. It's just. Why are we abolishing it if we don't have a good solution? So they better have a good solution ready to slide right in and replace it. I think, to be honest, I don't think there is going to be a push for a national solution. I think they want it to go to the states. Uh, And I think that's been a push from the states themselves because representatives from Texas or Oklahoma, Louisiana, Mississippi, down where we are, it's more conservative. People support more pro-life issues. Like those states are going to want more restrictive abortion than a California, Oregon, Washington, like those places where they're more left-leaning, uh, sort of liberal ideas on abortion, where they're more pro-choice. Like they want less stringent um, plans for abortion uh i think the leaking of it was was just ridiculous i think there has to be an investigation into it i think that there should be too they asked a few people that were protesting the i mean people went to washington to protest after it was leaked yeah and uh, i saw something where people were interviewing them on the street and said do you think this person that leaked this information should be prosecuted there is not a single country government in the world where you leak internal information like that and you would not get in some form of trouble so, I, to say that that person shouldn't face some kind of some kind of trouble uh, is is misguided. I mean, you have to, uh, because simply because uh, I mean, look, I don't know jail time or what, whatever they dis they discuss a fine, whatever. You definitely can't work in Washington anymore. I mean, if you're willing to leave, I don't care. You can't work in the federal government at that point and hold the keys to such information if you're willing and ready to just leak it because the whole point of the Supreme Court and having justices elected for life, uh, for for life terms, uh, as long as they don't want to retire is you're there, you hold that position, you're a trusted judge normally or uh, uh, law practice, law practicing um, individual who has a, a thorough and 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 strong backing within the U.S. court system. Your job is to then go to the Supreme Court and help interpret the law uh, and what it truly means, and you do that, and that is your job. That is your sole job, and it's a close knit community, small knit, right? Like you've got the the justices themselves, and they, and they've got a couple teams of clerks and whoever else helps them so i mean you're looking at maybe slightly over 100 people maybe that are that are in 
involved in the Supreme Court system. I'm not sure the, the exact number, but I'm sure they're all vetted extremely, and not, I, it has to be. But it is no surprise to me, though, that this happened. The leak specifically happened after we got a new justice, and the justice was very politicized. It wasn't a... Um, I think it wasn't a vetting process that was true of just the who of who the best candidate was for for the justice. I think uh, the president said it himself. He wanted a specific specific individual from a specific demographic of people, and he picked from those. And she might have been the most qualified from that demographic. But I think in a position like that, uh, especially because of how important the Supreme Court is. Uh, I mean, there's only so many justices. It's not like the 500-plus House seats or the 200 Senate seats. Like, there's got to be more vetting. You cannot just say, I want to pick a black woman and then only pick from black women. I mean, you're you're cutting it down to such a small number of individuals that really deserve that spot already, and then you cut down that number even more when there might have been someone that was more vetted for the process. It's no surprise to me that such a political uh, uh, appointing uh, was then followed by something like this. I have no doubt it was someone w- within her party because everybody else was established already. I don't think it was one of the justices that would make no sense to me. Uh, it's got to be someone within one of their teams of clerks or whoever helps each individual justice handle their uh, paperwork information, all of those things. It's it, It's got to be someone in one of those parties. And I would, I, w- I would bet pretty high dollar that it's someone on her team. Uh, but anyone involved has to be prosecuted because uh, I mean, that's a level of it's, it's the most close knit small community in terms of, the the operation of the government i mean as one of the branches of the government uh it's it's the highest court and you just can't have the those issues there so i it's just crazy to me that that happened but all right yeah so we got one deep topic out of the way i don't know what you want to talk about next um uh we were on elon we switched uh i guess Elon is money. We can swing well, into we can we can swing into the stock market yeah, a little stock. bit, the crypto crash if you want. The biggest one that's been happening lately was uh, the whole Netflix crash, which uh, I wouldn't say that's the biggest. I'd say that's the funniest. I well, that's the funniest one. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> so we both came to the conclusion that they were severely overinflated simply due to COVID. Uh, I mean, dude, they were price. what, like almost seven hundred dollars at one point. They were at seven hundred dollars, and they were talking about doing a stock split too. Yeah. So to to come off that cliff up there, but I mean, I think it's a lot to do with their just their just decision making. You know, eliminating password sharing. People like to password share. The other platforms haven't done anything about it yet either. So this is likely going to set the precedent. The other companies are going to see, oh, password sharing. People like that. Let's yeah. let's keep it. Um, well, I mean, they've constantly been raising prices too. Raising prices consistently, um, and then also the lack of good content, lack of good original content. They've been dropping shows, and they barely add good shows. I mean, they kind of hit once in a while with like uh, Squid, Squid Game, Games. where it's huge. But uh, they had Friends for a while. I don't think Friends is still on Netflix. No, is not it? anymore. The Office. They uh, got back the to, Office. Uh, is, I mean, those are two of the biggest sitcoms that everybody talks about, and I, I don't think either of them are on Netflix anymore. Like, yeah. um, I think two. I don't know what your point was that you stopped using the platform or stopped paying for the platform. I still have a friend's account at the moment for the time being. Yeah. Um, 
until they get do away with that. Um, but my drawing line was whenever they had the the cuties shit yeah. on their platform. That was, I was super like, weird. Man, I, I'm not gonna pay for something where they're gonna put out a a, a documentary that's basically about uh, what what should I say? Exploitation like, what, of children. Exploitation. Of Exploita- children. Yeah, we'll Exploitation just, of children. We'll just say that. I think everybody knows at this point. Yeah. Now that was super weird for me. Um. I really just stopped uh, stopped paying because I didn't really watch Netflix that much anyway. They yeah. they took a bunch of the shows I liked off. Uh, I I think I paid again maybe for like a month to watch Squid Game or something like that. Um, I don't pay for like Disney Plus anymore. I don't really pay for any streaming I have service because of Spotify. Well, yeah, I, I mean that 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 comes with that. Uh, yeah, because we're students. Students. Um. But I don't pay for Disney Plus because of all this stuff with uh, Gina Carano and The Mandalorian. And it's not that I support anything she said or or anything like that. I mean, I, I'm not going to spout my... You just think it's dumb that somebody has to lose their job for what they believe I, if it's yeah. not something completely extreme. Exactly. I mean, look, what she said is what she said. You can interpret it how you want. You can believe what you want about she about what she said. But it wasn't an extreme point. It was it was just a, a a quick little statement, and whether or not you support it, or whether or not you think it was a statement made uh, that could possibly damage a community or whatever you might believe about it, losing her job, I mean that that was kind of crazy. Because personally, I think she was a fantastic character on the show, and the fact that she lost her job just really kind of turned me off of it. I actually really enjoyed The Mandalorian, and then I heard that she lost it, and it was a big old controversy, and then. I mean, let's be honest. Disney's Disney's been going down the road for a while, anyway. So they've been they've been dropping for a while. So, um, do you want to segue off of that into more entertainment stuff, or do you want to continue with stock market kind of stuff? Uh, we'll do stock market then entertainment because that's right. kind of um, so. I heard this just like yesterday. Apparently, Costco's stock crashed due to a meme Twitter account that said that they were going to change the price of their hot dogs. 60 bucks down in a day because of a meme Twitter account. How crazy is that, man? It's it's a crazy, crazy time to be an, uh, an investor. It really is. I think it's hilarious, and it makes me think back to the story. I remember we were talking about this before we started the, started the pod. A lot of people know the story, but it's 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 just funny, and I... I love this story. Uh, one of Netflix's Netflix, sorry, Costco. One of Costco's owners. I don't know if it was former owner or 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 current owner at the moment uh, that this was said, but was having a meeting with one of his executives or something, and they said, "Hey, maybe we should raise the price of the of the hot dogs from a dollar to a dollar to like a dollar twenty five, twenty five cent more for a hot dog." Right. The owner looked at him. And and said something along the lines of, if you ever say something like that again, I'll I'll kill you. Like <laughs> Costco is is so adamant of not not raising their food prices at their like little convenience places. And I, I think it makes sense because you may lose money on that specific commodity. Yeah. You will gain more volume in terms of sales. I mean, dude, it's, you retain more customers because it's, it's something nice to have in house. It keeps your name. It keeps your exactly. name on the block. It's it's all about the bulk buying, right? And places like Costco, Sam's Club, places like that, 
they actually lose money on a lot of the bulk prices that they have, but they make a lot of membership prices. Yeah. They make a majority of their stuff on memberships. And something else people don't know is like Costco and Sam's Club and like places like this, their their margins are like super super paper paper thin, like razor thin almost. Like like they like they they operate on like a one percent profit margin, like it's crazy, uh, because they have such good prices and they have these conveniences and they use those um, uh, membership as like a majority of their profit. Uh, but you know, I just I think that's hilarious. Moral um, of the story: People really, really like to gobble their glizzies for a dollar. <laughs> <laughs> I got you glizzy for a dollar, boy. No, uh, more about the stock market though. I read something. Uh, the stock market dropped like a thousand points yesterday, which today is May nineteenth. Yeah, man. Uh, I mean, I don't typically like to give financial advice to people. Uh, I don't like to talk to finances unless people want to. Uh-huh. Uh My strat lately has been. I mean, I think everybody's gonna be in the red for a while. Uh, oh, yeah. But usually, usually what we see is. Uh, this is the time where a transfer of wealth happens is and if you have faith and if you have a little bit of extra money set aside, go ahead and, and give it a shot. Give it uh-huh. a shot and see what happens. So I've been just in dividend stocks that pay well. I'm getting a, a dividend from Intel coming up in June. I have Microsoft holding on to that because they pay a good dividend. I, I bought into Lamar advertising, Louisiana company, by the way. Uh, they pay an, a, a substantial dividend. It's like three something per share, three dollars and something per share, I believe. So getting into dividends is good if you have some excess money laying around because uh, you get paid from the company for holding their stock. Uh, we also see – I saw a video earlier today, actually. Um, every time the tech stock goes up, uh, commodities do the opposite. So, like, your commodities is in, like, um, household items, that kind of stuff. Yeah, that, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Like, Tupperware actually is a stock, by the way. You can yeah, 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 yeah. Um, nowhere near the price it used to be. By the way, it, oh my god! If you go back and look at the price charts of Tupperware yeah. back like ten years ago, oh my god, they were so inflated. That was the hottest stock in two thousand three. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but no. Uh, so the idea is right now the tech tech market is gonna is at its peak or was at its peak, and now it's going on its downturn. So it's good to invest in commodities now. Um, so like your your shopping stuff like your grocers, that kind of stuff. Your Tupperware. The people that <laughs> the people that put the put the items on the shelves for people to buy. Um so yeah, that's um that's what's gonna it's gonna be looking like going forward. Um yeah. not saying get out of the tech sector entirely. Um, but get you some text tech stock while it goes down, while it's cheap, and then whenever we see another another upturn we'll you'll be uh you'll be sitting pretty. Hey man. As far as crypto goes, I had about twelve hundred dollars in um, my Bitcoin. All of my Bitcoin was under forty k when I had it, and my Ethereum. I think all my Ethereum was somewhere in the twenty five hundred range, and I had other altcoins too. The altcoins killed my killed my shit altogether. That was the worst loss was on the altcoins. So whenever I hit about like eight hundred dollars left in my in my profile, I was like, screw it. I'm going to pop everything into USD coin, let it sit in there for a while, let's see what happens, let's read some articles, see what's going on. Apparently, it was because Terra, um, Terra is a a coin that's pegged to a stable coin, um, and a stable coin is supposed to stay at a dollar. Well, the USDT, Tether, 
dropped below a dollar, and that offset the price of Luna and caused it to depeg from Terra. And as a result, Luna's not backed by the dollar. Luna's backed by other assets, so like gold, uh, Bitcoin, etc. And so the depegging resulted in a huge sell-off of Bitcoin and stuff in their reserves. And so that caused an entire market crash. And so what we finally hit now is, is going to be a winter where the bear market has won out. And so we're going to see Bitcoin sitting around its 30K range, potentially going to its, its down to the 20s, the lower 20s maybe. But it's a good time to buy. Good time to buy. Once again, a, a transfer of wealth kind of period. If you have faith, and if you want to try something out right now, it's a good time. I got I got some more Ethereum yesterday, actually, at below 2,000, 1,900. Um, so I was able to get back in my old coins at good prices. Uh, I'm I'm in interest earning old coins as well, uh, which is big. You can get, earn a good bit of interest with some with some coins if you're staking on the right platforms. Yeah. So I don't know. It's gonna be interesting, man. Uh, um. And I think the biggest thing is you have to look towards the future whenever you're specifically in crypto because um, it might not be here right now. I mean, there's there are people that have made their money off of it already and they've sold off and they're millionaires, billionaires now. But I think only 4% of the world's adopted crypto so far. There's a long, long way to go. Um, we're going to see regulation here pretty soon, I, I believe, actually. I think it's it's coming. Um, yeah. Because, I mean, the IRS, my mom works for HR Block now, and there's a, there's a question on your farm now for your taxes. Have you trade any digital assets they're coming for it but the one thing that regulation does for anything that it's been through regulation allows institutions to come in the institutional investors come in and that's where your big surges come from yeah so we're probably going to sit in this little winter where the prices are low for a while but um ethereum 2 is supposed to be launching at the end of 2022 or early 2023 and right now ethereum sits at about half the market cap of bitcoin uh overall um but Ethereum 2 is going to make it greener, make the blockchain Ethereum greener. Um, transactions are going to be quicker. So the idea that, that most people are predicting that Ethereum 2 could skyrocket Ethereum's uh, total market cap to equal to or above Bitcoin. So we're going to see likely a, a, a good surge in the price once that happens. Yeah. And that means that also all of your um, altcoins that are sitting on the Ethereum blockchain are also going to de- follow. So right now everything sort of follows Bitcoin. In its little path, whenever it happens, I don't know if you ever noticed that in charts, but like, yeah. if Ethereum can separate, if Ethereum can finally separate and say, "Hey, we're here," Bitcoin's there. It's going to be much better for the overall market because you're going to have less. Yeah. Whereas everything was following Bitcoin, now you have two options that these coins follow instead of just Bitcoin. Look, dog. Dogecoin to the moon, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, uh, I traded crypto back when Dogecoin was, like, kind of popular, like, when it was, like, first, uh, and then, uh, we did Sheepcoin. Yeah. And... I'm still in, I'm still in, I have, um, like I said, I had to sell, I put my stuff in USD yeah. coin. I'm sitting at about 17, uh, 1.7 million Sheep right now. I'll, I'll probably, while it's at the 12 10 thousandths or whatever... I'll probably get some more in while it's at this because I mean while I was sitting at uh two ten thousandths, if I get in at the twelve ten thousandths mark, I'll still be at a good a good profit whenever it goes back up to the two ten thousandths. Yeah. Or even higher, because I mean the highest it's been at was 
think like seven ten thousands, eight ten thousand, something like that. Yeah, it was close to dropping a zero, but it didn't. It didn't quite push far enough. Yeah, but they seem to have. I follow the the, the project on on Twitter. It seems like they have a good idea for the ecosystem. It's just that they have so many coins in circulation that it's going to take a long time. Yeah, for it to for it to get to where it needs to be, that you're going to have to have people burning it. You're going to have to have, you know, it's going to have to be seen as a commodity that can be used. Which AMC started accepting Doge and Sheep, so that's good uh, for the theaters. Uh, but only four percent of people have adopted it so far, man. We're early. We're early adopters. Yeah. So, well, I mean, not currently. I sold all my shit when it was on a when it, it was on a real nice high. I needed some money. I sold off. Hey, you know, it's okay to take profits. There's nothing, nothing yeah, wrong so, with taking profits. I mean, for sure, eventually I will get back into it. I have to do a lot more research. Um, well, dude, that's what I lost the most money in, um, in terms of my investing. Um, yeah, which is funny. I got I, I actually made my most money with <laughs> with uh, with coins. I got, <laughs> I got in Doge. I got I got back in Doge a little bit too high. Uh, I think I was at the thirty three cent mark, and then it dropped down to eighteen seventeen. Yeah, and it, it, it stayed uh, there for a while. Yeah, so that's what I lost the most of my money off of was off of Doge. Actually, I was able to recollect um, with an Airbnb flip. I had like, which is a small amount, by the way, for me because I'm I'm a retail investor. I'm small. I don't have a bunch of funds, but I had like two and a half shares of Airbnb. I bought it at around one hundred forty dollars, and then it shot up to two hundred. So I ended up making a good 120 bucks off of that at least. Um, so that helped me regain a little bit, but I never I never caught up to my loss off of uh, off of Doge. Yeah. Since I've gotten into a little bit more, study a little bit more. Like I'm no expert. I'm no like genius that I could code my own coin or whatever. But I've I've definitely learned a lot more about how the charts work, mm-hmm. um, and like why coins follow another coin or what what's happening. Yeah, for sure. Uh and what's a good project, what's a what's a rug pool, you know, what people are just trying to make a coin, take a quick profit, yeah. screw people over. Ice Poseidon. But uh I just uh I don't know. Some people won't make profit until man like ten years in the market. So I'm not uh, like once again, we're so young. We're yeah. so young, we have plenty of time. So um I think that's all for the market wise. Uh we can probably transition back into entertainment. Entertainment and sports. Let's go, baby. Um, so, talk about Netflix. And we talked about Disney a little bit. Let's talk about a Disney franchise. Uh, so, with the whole Amber Heard versus Johnny Depp trial, oh, yeah. um, I saw recently there was a story that they'd be willing to have Johnny Depp back for uh, Pirates of the Caribbean 6. Yeah, I had, I had seen that one of the directors, or maybe the main director, said that uh, the future with Johnny Depp in the franchise is yet to be determined uh i did see though that there's rumors that margot Robbie is uh like they're looking into having her in the franchise as well i'd pay double i'd pay double a normal movie ticket price okay if margot Robbie is in the pirates of the caribbean i'm paying double if they ask i won't do it off the bat i'm not stupid but if they ask like if they were like hey, it's a premium ticket i'd be like I understand. <laughs> yeah, I think it'd be interesting. Um, I need to go back and watch the movies again. I never really was that into it. It is one of my it, favorite series. Uh, I saw it during the trial. Uh, it was funny. She, uh, Amber Heard's on the on the stand, and she says something about a jar, a jar, and then they pan over to yeah. Johnny and his lawyer, and he looks at his lawyer, and he's like, I got a jar of dirt. I got a jar of dirt. Yeah, yeah that was funny, man. There's been some wild moments from that, though. The shitting in his bed, man. The shitting in his bed. She it's just like, bed, 
Said it was a prank. I shit in his bed. (laughs) How do you as an adult do that and say that's okay? (laughs) Look, man, I will say this. I don't think think Johnny physically abused Amber. I think there's evidence that she physically abused him at least once. I think there's verbal abuse from both sides, but I mean, come on. They're both insane individuals. Nobody can say either of them is not insane. You just have to listen to them speak for more than two minutes. Uh, I think there's verbal abuse from both sides. That doesn't excuse physical abuse, and that doesn't excuse the the things that 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 she wrote about him, calling him an abuser, and all these things, and ruining his image, and costing him dozens of millions of dollars, probably, uh, uh, in in potential profit. So Can we I think talk uh, about it too, right quick. Where the fuck did she get that lawyer? Oh, the one that sucks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah dude. Objection. Hearsay. Okay. Man objected to himself about three to five times. He's just objection hearsay. Objection, Your Honor, hearsay. Johnny, you literally brought Johnny up that Depp, topic. Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp says something, and then he goes objection, whatever, and then Johnny says it again, but with a slightly changed word, objection, and then Johnny says it over again another time, and he's just like objection. Yeah, it's like a, bro, it's a horrible lawyer. But all the memes that I've been seeing is like, dude, if you're that lawyer. I mean, there's no winning that case in the first place. She shit on the dude's bed. She clearly faked photos. Like she's a she's not a good actor in terms of acting in the court. I mean, she's had some pretty bad times where you can tell she's trying to act out a character and it's just not working. Where she she goes, my dog got stung by a bee, and then she uh, makes like the most dumb face ever. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That whole case is stupid. Yeah, man. But uh, talking about another Disney-owned thing, and doesn't Disney own Fox Sports? Um, no, I don't think they I don't. don't? Think they own Fox. I don't think they bought Fox. Hold on, let's let's see who owns Fox. I Sports? thought Disney bought Fox. Uh, 21st Century Fox. Uh, who owns Fox Sports? Maybe I'm dumb. Uh, who owns Fox Sports? Uh, probably it's got to be 21st Century Fox. So I think 21st Century Fox got bought out by something though. Hold on, let's see. 21st Century Fox. Who owns? You're a slow researcher. <laughs> hey man, I'm typing on my phone. It would be better if I would have used my laptop. I need Jamie from Joe Rogan's podcast. <laughs> the Murdoch family is what it says. Whatever. Is 21st Century Fox owned by Disney? Hold on. Yeah, March twentieth, twenty nineteen. So yeah. you're not you're not wrong. There you go. So Fox Sports is a Disney partner. Let's talk about since we since we've been talking about money, we've been well, talking we about stupid about things. Tom Brady we already said we already said things about Tom Brady. Let's talk about Fox Sports and the fact that they it was Fox Sports, right? I'm gonna look it up real quick because I don't yeah, want to be it's wrong. It's Fox. It's Fox. Are you sure? Uh, it's Fox. Okay. Fox Sports decided they wanted. To give Tom Brady a ten-year, three hundred plus million dollar contract, seventy-five, three hundred seventy, almost four hundred million dollars, thirty-seven point five million dollars for ten years to be a commentator on their NFL slates. That is insanity. Didn't they just drop somebody that was one of their popular commentators? Was it Troy Aikman? 
that went to another another company? I don't remember. I'd be lying if I said I did. Ooh, I'm gonna just go ahead and look that up. But Troy Aikman, he is the highest Troy Aikman paid. Leaving Fox. He's the highest paid player in football as of 2022. He came back out of retirement. He's already made probably the most money of any NFL player ever. Now he's gonna retire. They have you have no idea if he is a good commentator or not. Look, I love Drew Brees. He is my goat. We've had this conversation before, you and I. He's not a good commentator on football. But he's one of the most ridiculous football minds ever. I mean, you can't take that away from him. The dude can carve up a defense like nothing. But he cannot commentate a football game. Yeah. Tony Romo, on the other hand, on the field Tony Romo's entertaining. On the field, Tony Romo, I mean Mid-tier at best. But in the booth, oh my god, I'd listen to Tony Romo commentate peewee football. Okay? Definitely he, he's fantastic. My thing is, we have no clue how Tom Brady is in that booth, really. You gave that man almost $400 million. So, Troy Aikman left Fox for ESPN, so that's likely what they're pegging. I, I, I'm going to assume that they're probably banking on Brady's not going to play more than just this one last season. You have to. I I think they're also banking that people are going to tune in just to watch because Tom Brady's yeah. talking. Hey, man, you saw him at the at the Super Bowl parade. Get a little bit of alcohol in him. That man might be entertaining. I'm going to watch Fox Sports on mute. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm ne- I'm never going to actually listen to him commentate. I hate I hate his voice. I hate everything about him. <laughs> I can't. I'm not going to do it. $400 million when you have no while, idea. How while, all right. So while we're on the topic of networks and stuff, who do you think has the most entertaining theme song out of all the, the sports football, the football uh, theme songs for the networks? I'd, I'd have to hear him again. I don't know. I think CBS. I think CBS would be mine. I don't. I don't remember w- which one is which. Ah, we can do that another time. Yeah, we'll just. All right, we whatever. can do. We can do maybe a, a video. We'll or do something. tier lists and shit. Tier lists another time. Anyway, yeah, that's four hundred million dollars for that man. Don't even, not know even know if he's a good commentator. Ah, oh, dude, it's so dumb. I just, <laughs> that's what makes me dislike Tom Brady, though. Is is. I'm. I don't care. You're a human being. I'm not just gonna dislike yeah. you because whatever. But it's like people treat him like he's some kind of god. I'm like the the, the dude could suck, and you give him almost four hundred million dollars, bro. At least they knew the Manning brothers were funny before they let them get in a booth for any kind of show. And nobody gave Drew Brees a big contract. They like let him commentate. Yeah, like he was commentating over like what was it Notre Dame games? I think so. For NBC. Yeah. Think so. Think that's like at least somebody was like, let's give him a trial run. Fox Sports was just like, no, dude, let's just die full into this shit. You want to know what I hope happens? I hope he is the worst. I hope he's worse than Kendrick Perkins is for the NBA. And if you know about Kendrick Perkins and his commentary style in the NBA, it's buns. It's terrible. I hope Tom Brady is a worse commentator on NFL games than comparatively Kendrick Perkins. Perkins for for the NBA. And I feel like, man, I feel like our transitions have been damn near perfect today because perfect time to talk about the conference finals. Conference finals. <laughs> the Celtics and the Heat. Uh, do they play tonight? I don't know. Today's the I 19th. think so. I think there is a game on time. I think game two of Heat and Celtics is Heat tonight. Celtics? There is, yep. Starts in 11 minutes from where we are right now. 
All right. Who you, you who do you have out the four left from the field? Out out the four left? Um yeah. I'm I'm not just gonna go off of game one. We're talking about the Heat beat the Celtics game one, the Warriors beat the Mavs last uh, night let, game no, one. But let, let's just say Take game one out of your mind, out of yeah, your context. Let's that's, just, just, that's what I'm saying. Start like no games have been played. Who did you think was going to make the finals? Who did I think was going to make the finals? Honestly, I thought it was going to be Celtics Mavs. Uh, I thought the Celtics were going to finish in like five. Uh, I mean, dude, they were hot the last couple of series. They had to run through the Nets, and then they ran through the Bucks. Jason Tatum was on fire. Technical difficulty. Headsets being a pain. Okay, we're back. Anyway, you got Jason Tatum going off. You got Marcus Smart, Defensive Player of the Year. Fantastic for him, by the way. I'm glad a guard won it finally after so long. They were, I mean, they were super hot, super, super hot, um, running like crazy. M.A. Udoka has, has those boys just running. So I definitely thought it was going to be Celtics in an easier series. I think because uh, they played game one without Horford and Smart on the floor, so I think it's going to calm down a lot once they're yeah. back for them. Yeah, they've got a lot of issues well, with with COVID though for their traveling so, party. I'm just I love the parity that's come back to the league. It feels like early 2000s NBA again. Oh yeah, we had the Suns that were good, the Lakers were good, the, the Nuggets were good just, for with AI and and yeah. and um, Melo. Mellow, yeah. I drew a blank for a second. I can tell. Um, and then the East, you know, had, had some some good teams. You know, the yeah. Bulls were good, and the Heat, the Celtics, Celtics. Um, it feels like there's some parity to the league again, which um, is good. It's needed, man. It's fun. So I I wasn't gonna be able to pick a favorite out of the East. Uh, I feel like I feel like people jumped ship onto the Celtics too early. When they saw how good Jalen Brown had potential to be and how good Jason Tatum had potential to be, yeah, I thought they so, on that ship too soon. So you're saying like years ago? Years ago. Okay, gotcha. When I, yeah, and yeah. I think that now could be the time that everybody was waiting for. I mean, I I truly think so because if you go back and you watch uh, that series that they had against LeBron in I think 17, when uh, when Tatum was a rookie, man, they were really close a lot of those games uh, to really opening it up. And you could tell that they had something cooking, but I mean, it was LeBron with the Cavs out east for that whole time that he was out there going against the Warriors. It was you just gotta ask the Raptors what it feels yeah. like to be gatekept by LeBron. I mean, you know, look, man, we have our opinions about LeBron too, but there is no denying when that man was in the East with the Cavs, you were not going to the finals. It was going to be LeBron. It was just who is going to make it to the conference finals, and that's what it was. Like, um, I think, but I think people jumped, jumped on their ship a little bit too soon, but I think now might be the time where they finally get over that and they push in and look, I know everybody likes to talk about Devin Booker as Kobe's disciple. People like to forget about Jason Tatum being a guy that that's who he grew up watching. That's who he modeled his game after. I think if anybody's actually got that Kobe in him, it's probably JT. Probably, man. Uh, man, he's he's real smooth. I feel like he's one of the the. I'm not gonna say purest scorers, but I feel like he's a guy like Kobe, where if he wants a bucket, he's gonna get it. Um, super super good. I think Jalen Brown is a really good mix of offense and defense. I think Marcus Smart is really good at defense. I think Al Horford picked it up 
specifically against the Bucks. I mean, obviously, he's not going to be a guy that goes for 30 a night, but he did really well guarding Giannis when he had to. Uh, I'm still picking the Celtics. Uh, we'll see what happens after game two. But, man, you got to give Jimmy Butler his, his, his props for that first game at least. I mean, oh, yeah. Jimmy Buckets in the playoffs is a different animal. I mean, he was like 41, 9, 5, 4, and 3, or 3 and 4, or something like that. Like a ridiculous stat line. There was a point where he got like 10 points in a row, 3 steals in a row, like back-to-back-to-back possessions. Like, the dude was on a roll. Jimmy Buckets in the playoffs is a different animal. Uh, The Sixers and the Wolves, horrible for not being able to put them in to use when they had him there. I mean... He's found a home in the heat and is, is great for him. I think it's, I think it's going to be a great series. I thought it was going to be over quicker. Uh, it still might be, but the heat definitely put up some fight. It's going to be a great series. Uh, out West, to be honest, I, I picked the Mavs uh, because they were, I think, the number six defense this year, and their defense is still good. Uh, I picked them because uh, I thought it was going to be a more drawn-out series than out East. Uh, probably six or seven games. Steph had been on a little dip lately, and um, I know... Clay seems like lately he doesn't fit the system anymore. Since he's back from injury, it seems like it, the, the chemistry's not what it used to be. I mean, I don't... With the three of them. I wouldn't say he doesn't fit it. I would say it's it's definitely not what it used to be. Uh, But, I mean, he just came back this season also, into the season late, late into it, like... I mean, he hasn't even played a full season back yet, and they're in the conference finals. I mean, Wiggins, uh, Wiggins had a pretty big first game too, right? Uh, Take a look at his stats yeah, in game one. Yeah, Wiggins yeah. had a pretty good, pretty big first game too. I'd yeah. argue that game's probably closer if Wiggins doesn't heat it up as well as he did. Yeah. Um. Um. But I, I, I did pick the Mavs because I knew that GP two was out for for the Warriors, and uh, I feel like. I, I just felt like Steph was on a little bit of a dip. Uh, I felt like Clay, like you said, fantastic, but wasn't quite there yet. And I felt like Luca was on a tear. You can't stop Luca. Luca's going to go for 35, 10, and 10 if he wants every night. I felt like Jalen Brunson and Spencer Dinwiddie uh, in that Utah series when Luca was out uh, came into their own uh, lately and that they were just going to uh, kick it into another gear uh, like they did against the Suns. And that game six against the Suns was so good for both Spencer Dinwiddie and Jalen Brunson. Uh, I felt like Luka was, was going to be able to do his thing and he'd have his supporting cast. But, I mean, props to the Warriors, honestly. And I think I think what we're seeing is, even though Clay's been out for a couple of seasons and they've been, they're a couple years out from that dynasty they had for a little while. Man, you're seeing that Steph Curry in the playoffs, that that Steve Kerr, Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, Draymond connection, just that, man, really, you can just put those guys out on the floor and give them a mantra, give them a, a, a pseudo game plan, and man, Steph's so good that, I mean, he, he takes so much gravity that it's it, it's it's just hard to defend a guy like that um, who's on a team as good as the Warriors are. I mean, I think people forget it is Steph Curry and it is the Warriors, you know, um, um, I think going into the playoffs, though, most people had uh, had the Suns pushing into the Western Conference Finals and then to the finals. I think I think that's a big disappointment. 
Uh, for zombie wolf for sure. Uh, they were definitely favorites out out of the West for sure. I mean, they they were the best team in basketball record wise. And the way they did it this season, they pretty much coasted through everybody. It 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 didn't well, seem the, the best comparison that I can give you for the way I felt about the Suns this year. Remember last past year's Super Bowl. I said since the beginning of the year that the Rams on paper were yeah. the best team that they should be in that in that top four in the, in the yeah. If it all works out, I feel like every year there's a team in any league where it's like yeah. if these names play up to what yeah. they should. And so yeah. so you know you had your your Rams and uh, Packers was it? It was Rams and Packers in the NFC. Uh, I think it was. I'd have to go back and look. And then you had the Bengals and the Chiefs. No, I th- it was the Niners. It was the Niners. Yeah. It was the Niners and the Rams and the Bengals and the Chiefs. And people were asking me, people would ask me, like, all right, so who you think's making the Super Bowl? I was like, on paper, without my heart wanting to be in it, because uh, I really like Joe a lot. And, uh, you know, we had a guy from hometown playing for the Niners. You know, you want to see him succeed. Yeah. Um, I was, I was Chiefs and Rams. On paper, yeah. they were the better teams, but paper doesn't play the game. But I, the best the best analogy that I can give you, the best comparison I can give you for that is that the yeah. the Rams that won this year's Super Bowl were what the Phoenix Phoenix Suns were on paper. Like yeah. they probably should have run the table and they should have yeah. made there because they played good fundamental basketball together. They had all the pieces they needed on paper, but they didn't. For they sure. didn't play the nitty gritty. They didn't play the nitty gritty. The Ram, uh, Which, and the and the Mavs man, outplayed them. It it's crazy, and I think the biggest point that a lot of people made was. Chris Paul turned 37 after game two, and those first two games, he was lights out. I mean, he up until that point in the playoffs in this last season, a 36-year-old Chris Paul was looking like he was still a superstar. Um, He hit 37, and those last four games of that series, man, he dipped. He, he, he dipped hard. Like, it was very noticeable. I think it was something like he averaged 20 plus points, not like almost 10 assists and a couple rebounds and only like maybe a little over a turnover a game. And he dropped down to like 10 points, five and two with like four, like three or four turnovers a game. Like, like he, it seemed like overnight he, he just hit a crazy, crazy slump in the worst part of the year. I mean, you're, you know, semifinals, and you and you just slump like that. It's tough. Uh, you can't just blame Chris Paul for it, though. Especially Game Six. Devin Booker had a tough game. They didn't play DeAndre Ayton, who you're. I mean, come on. Like, how are you not going to play your starting center more than 17 minutes in a Game Six where it's win or go home? Uh, but I think you got to give way more credit to the Mavs than you have to discredit the Suns. I think the Mavs just showed up more. I think that's I think that's what it was. I think Jason Kidd outcoached Monty, and I, I just think Luca and the Mavs showed up. Um, I think it's gonna be interesting in the Western Conference to see what happens. Uh, it's gonna be one of those where hearts tugging for Luca, want to go out and win it. Same way it was for Dirk. Dirk going against odds uh, against the Heat. Look, man, say what you want about Luca this run, there will never be a greater playoff run than what. Dirk had that season. Never. It was it was near perfect. I mean, he went what forty one for forty two and three throws in the series against the Heat. Uh, insane, insane. Everything worked out so 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 perfect for that team. 
Well, and the, while we're on that topic, let's go look at who they played. Uh, uh, I'm pretty sure they played the Lakers. They might have played the Spurs too. They obviously played the Heat, the the Heatles in their first year. Let's see. Man, that Dirk one run was crazy. Hold on. We were young when it happened, but I I, 2011. I still 2011. remember. Yeah, I remember, man. Dirk was one of my favorite players to watch. Um, old would it, man? Let's see if it gives a. Let's see if it gives a list of who they beat. To it should if you look up background. like a Mavericks playoff run 2011. All right, so let's see. So first round. They went through the Trailblazers, four to two. Yeah, I don't know who was on that team. I don't remember. Which that's the weakest team they played the entire playoffs. And then they played the Lakers. Yeah, swept the Lakers. Okay, hold up. Before we go any further, 2011 would that have been Aldridge, Brandon Roy, like those guys? Or mm, let me let me see. 2011 Trailblazers roster. God, dog it. Fucking, I can't type. Uh, Dame wasn't there quite yet, I don't think. No, 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 no. Dame was probably 2013-ish, 2014-ish. Let's see. It says 12 of 30 teams, but I guess they still made it in the playoffs. Aldridge, um, Camby. Patty Mills is on that roster. Roy, yeah. Brandon Roy, yeah. That was that team then. That's what I remember. Man, that Trailblazers team was fun to watch. Who was on that Lakers roster, man? Hold on. 2011, Uh, uh, LA Lakers roster. Let's let's go look who was on that one. I don't don't, don't remember, man. So, you had... Was it Kobe and Power or Kobe and Dwight? Yeah, Kobe, Borns, Bynum, uh, Fisher, Powell, Odom, Walton, Metal World, Peace. So, that team, realistically, on paper, too, was good. Uh, that team is better than that Mavs team. Oh on, yeah, on on paper for sure. Oh yeah, because Odom Odom was good, uh, was really good. Bynum drew comparisons to uh, a lot of really good players whenever he came in because Bynum was young at that that time. And obviously you got Kobe. Yeah. So a four zero there. That's a that's that's, that's a clean sweep. And then they went through the Thunder too. Oh, it's true. Yeah, because they beat the Thunder that Wait, year, uh, and then the Thunder the next season, I believe, ended up going to the Western Conference Finals, and then into the finals to play the Heat. Was that the year that he won MVP, or did he win it next year, KD? Um, MVP twenty eleven was. Was it LeBron? Was Rose? It was. I think so. When did KD win MVP? Uh, twenty thirteen, twenty fourteen was KD. Yeah, I think so. Rose was twenty eleven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. So I mean that that's that's pretty good. The fact that they beat uh, Kobe's team, and then they went and they beat the Thunder, young guns that were like on the cusp of doing something great. Yeah, and then obviously they went through the Heatles, the Heat. Yeah, the Heatles. So. Man, that playoff run is crazy. Anyway, let's get back. <laughs> let's get back to. You. I have a really good question for you. Yeah. So LeBron has four. Yeah. Right. Yeah, four. I think it's five with the uh, with the 
bubble ring. One with the Cavs, and then he won. There's just two with the Heat. Two with the Heat. And then the Lakers, so it's four. So four Four. and a bunch of appearances. Yeah. Like nine appearances, nine plus. Come on. I don't care about finals appearances. How many you won? Four. If Steph Curry goes and wins a fourth one, are we putting him on the same level as LeBron? Well, that would put that would put Curry sitting at four, uh, four and one, right? Something like that. I'd put Curry at four and one. Yeah. Um, I mean, look, f- four rings is the f- same as four rings. I'm not saying skill wise, but at some point, you you have four rings. You're the best player on their team. You have two regular season MVPs. Whether or not you take that into big consideration or not, you have two regular season MVPs, one unanimous. Greatest shooter of all time. How high does Curry get on that all-time list with four rings? That's a tough one. Because, I mean, like, we always talk, whenever we talk basketball, we talk about Mount Rushmore Mm -hmm. and the different generations that you kind of have to separate things in different positions, too. That's a tough one. Because, listen, man, in in my hierarchy, and I think in your hierarchy, too, Kobe's up there. Yeah. Whether people like to admit it or not, Kobe had... He has five. Kobe has five. Has First five. of all, Kobe has five, and Kobe also played in the the tougher conference out of the two between him and LeBron. Tough years too. I mean, he he lost to the Spurs. He lost to the Celtics two one. He year. lost to the Mavs. If Kobe's team beats the Mavs, they probably go and beat the Thunder because the Thunder are young and unexperienced. Yeah, the, the Mavs team had experience in their players that they had on the roster. Yep, and, and experience wins games a lot of times. Um. So, Kobe had an opportunity to go to, like, nine, dude. And imagine if he stayed with Shaq even longer than they did. Shaq, Shaq has four. I mean, so, that's a tough question. That's a tough question. Where does Curry get ranked all time? tough question. And it's it's especially tough because so many I mean, people hate Curry. I mean, how old is Steph now? 33, 34? 34, 34. So, Braun's sitting at, what, 38 right now? He might be 37. I think he's 38. I think he just turned 38. He might have. 37. 37? Okay. Yeah. Curry's sitting at 34. Uh, 37 and a half. What, where's Curry at on the all-time scoring list right now? Let's go look at the, where's Curry on the all-time scoring list. Probably in the teens. Let's see. LBJ, number one. Cope's sitting at number four, by the way. Yeah. MJ's right behind LeBron. Kareem, Carl Malone are up there. Where is Mr. Curry at? 21st. 21st? Close. So listen, man. If you ask me this question again in five years, I'd probably have a better answer for you. Look, man, I'm not saying you have to have a definitive answer. I'm just saying I feel like way too many people like, don't, uh, I don't, I don't see him on this list. Anyway, um, I feel like way too many people just skip over stuff for like a lot of discussions. But at that point, I mean, you've got two MVPs, you've got a unanimous MVP, the only unanimous MVP, four rings. Greatest shooter of all time, most threes in history, most playoff threes, like undeniably the greatest three-point shooter of all time. You've changed 
the trajectory of the league. I mean, it's undeniable that when Steph Curry started doing what Steph Curry does, the league changed. I mean, you had teams like the Rockets that were literally shooting twos from five feet out, and they shot nothing from five to 22 feet, and then they shot all threes. It was just all threes, layups, and dunks. That's all it was. I mean, that is what Steph Curry did. So, I mean, with his impact on the game, those four rings, those two regular season MVPs, and and just as much as he accomplished, even just now, like just him winning those rings, I think that's a conversation for him to be in the top 10. Does it guarantee? No, because you have to move somebody out of the top 10. And I mean, I think that top 10 is a solid ass top 10. So I don't know who you move out, but I think it's an argument for him to be up there. Uh, but again, that's that's if he makes it. That's if he wins. Uh, I I like Steph. I I think he's a dope player. It's just an interesting topic that I that that I thought of the other day. I was just thinking, like, man, he's got four rings. LeBron has four. You know, Shaq has four. Talking about, I think Larry has what three. Magic has four. Something like that. Like, you get four rings, and you add those MVPs, and you add the the story around Steph and what he's done to the league and how he's changed it and I mean how he's got eight year olds shooting half court shots in peewee games now like homie's got an argument he really does yeah I uh like I said man I don't think I'd be able to give you a good good let's uh, I think I'd want to see how far he goes up on the on the all-time scoring board mm-hmm. that, that's what my answer is going to be for that Let's see how high he gets on the all-time leading scorer list, and then uh, then let's have the discussion again, which there very well could be another two championships in there, three championships in there. Possibly. Two retires, you know? Let me, there, there's probably going to be a team somewhere that'll hire him on for the Ray Allen role. But, man, you know? that's the crazy thing about it is the reason Steph's so dangerous because he can shoot from anywhere. A lot of his game doesn't come from athleticism. Uh, he's very fast. He can handle the ball like crazy, but those things kind of stay more with age. Maybe not the speed so much, but he gets open because he's very cerebral with where he puts himself, how he moves he off the ball. Spots. He gets to his spots. He uses screens like he could. He could realistically do the same thing he's doing right now at a high level for another four or five years. I mean. Maybe not as fast. He might not average close to 30 points, but I, I, as long as he stays healthy, I would say he's a good 23, 24 plus point score until 38 or 39 years old. Because you you don't ever lose shooting when you get older. I mean, that, that's the one thing that stays because it's it's you know like you don't lose the speed or the jump or anything. And I mean that's what he relies on. So. You yeah. could definitely move uh, up on that one. Definitely an interesting conversation. Um, if you want to slide into another topic surrounding the basketball world, and then we can finish off with a, a, a fun one for us um, after we cover this topic. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Bronny went to his uh-huh. prom and <laughs> took a white girl out to prom, and uh, yeah. there's a bunch of people giving him giving him a bunch of hate for that, man. Yeah, so. So basically, Bronny, LeBron James' son, in case that wasn't obvious, took a took a white female out to prom. Beautiful, by the way. She was she she was beautiful. I I saw some pictures. Her 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 dress was was great. Bronny looked good. 
there was a lot of people who were very uh i i'd say toxic uh going at lebron going at Bronny, you know saying like you know oh you guys are cooned you know like you need to go for for black queens you know why are you taking a white like very racially motivated con content psa at the end of the day love is love it doesn't matter it just matters to those two those two people, which they might not even be in a relationship. It might have just been somebody he wanted to go to the wanted to take out the prom. Look, bro. You know, but if that is his, his significant other, if that is his girlfriend, then more power to him, man. Love is love. My my co host here, he'd be liking some some mixed females, so he's all about that he's all about the flavor swirls, you know, so Hey man. Wrong with that from if anything, he's champion and brawny. He's like, yes, brother, yes, you, yes. Oh man, I just I don't know. I don't really have like a type per se. I just, I, just like anybody, you know. Like I like white chicks too, blonde chicks, but I don't know. Look, my boy, I'm just saying, if you walked in an ice cream shop, you definitely picked the swirl. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Let's not get it twisted. There's nothing wrong with that, my boy. But you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Do you you definitely have a flavor palette that you go for, <laughs> you know? No, but for real, it was crazy. I was sitting there like they they really racist out here. That's crazy to me. Yeah. Like overtly racist in public. To a to a strong figure. To a strong way. degree, bro. I'm like, that's crazy, bro. Like <laughs> You're doing this to LeBron James, kid. You want to know what's crazy? I looked at that picture of Bronny and his girl, and I was like, oh, look, good for them. I still don't like LeBron, though. Like, that was my thought process was like, I don't I don't like LeBron. I had no bad thoughts about Bronny, but there was people that looked at that, and they were like, oh, man, why she got to be white? I'm like, what? That's so crazy to me. So, what is his last? I don't remember what his last topic is that's supposed to be fun for us. Last topic. If you thought we hated Tom Brady, boy, we get to talk about two things that we hate just as much as Tom Brady. We haven't caught any LSU games in person in the past two Never years. I remember but my God, do we still hate Texas A&M, and boy, do we hate Nick Saban. Okay, he, here's my thing, specifically. I... I wouldn't say I hate Texas A&M because I I don't think about them that much. I dislike because we usually beat them unless the refs give them a seventy-four to seventy-two win. I dislike Texas A&M because of that uh, most overtime is in history game where the game should have ended before overtime and LSU should have gotten the win. It was just bad refing, and you can say what you want about it. I don't care. You can argue till you're blue in the face. I'll let you pass out and I won't wake you up. <laughs> I. Do not mind Nick Saban as a person. I'll say the same thing for LeBron and Tom Brady. Okay, I might not agree with what you say. As a person, I have no issue with you. But in your job, in your profession, I despise everything you do. I only despise Nick Saban, however, because of the people that tout his achievements and act like he is a god figure. The same thing with LeBron and Tom Brady. That's where that's where the hatred really grows from for all these people is they treat these figures like they are insane uh uh of feats of of humankind like look 
they've accomplished great things. Nick Saban has the most championships of any coach. He's got he's on his way to the most wins of any coach. If he keeps coaching, he's going to coach for probably another 20 years. I have to hear his name forever. It annoys me. But my thing is that there's just no account for how college football works. Low breakdown. When you win a championship, it makes sense that players are going to want to play for you in the future. They think, oh, well, they just won a championship, right? LSU wins in, in 2003 with Saban. Then he leaves, goes to the NFL, suckeroons in, in there, comes back to the to the to uh, to college football. LSU doesn't have an opening because they have less miles. So he goes to Alabama, who was a terrible program, by the way. If you're, an, if you're an Alabama fan who liked Alabama before Nick Saban got there, then I guess you can celebrate being good with Nick Saban. But if you only have ever liked Alabama because Nick Saban's been there, then you can shove your middle finger up your ass and sniff it. Um, <laughs> LSU won a title in 2007. They went back in 2011 after beating Alabama in the regular season. Alabama should not have been in the national title game. but no I think it was way. Oklahoma State. They got uh, jumped over for that. Yeah. Shouldn't have been there, but they they beat us, so I guess it makes sense they were there. <laughs> anyway, so he wins. Players are going to want to play for you. So since Saban won his first championship in Alabama, big recruiting classes. Well, Saban's a great coach. Okay, there's no doubt about it. I mean, the, the dude can coach his ass off in college, not in the NFL. In college, he can coach his ass off, not in the NFL. He sucked. But in college, <laughs> he's beautiful. He's wonderful. He, I mean, dude could take a team of freaking three stars probably and, and, and have a two-loss season, I'd say, which, I mean, that's impressive. Yeah. So now that we got that introduction out of the way to the topic, Saban fired from shots at A&M yeah. and uh, Mr. Jimbo Fisher, who was a sub-coach underneath him in the past, and they stayed friends for a good while, but now Jimbo wants nothing to do with Mr. Saban, because uh, he's in the same conference. <laughs> Saban, uh, Saban decided to throw shots at A&M for this uh, recruiting class this past season that was number one above Alabama in second place. Talking about A&M buying their recruits and, because uh, of uh, new NIL deals. I mean, yeah. Texas has a lot of money. There's no way around it. Texas has a lot of money, and they love football. I mean, Have look, you seen some of the high school stadiums in Texas? Technical difficulties again. Headset keeps turning on and off. We'll just cut those parts out. Uh, yeah, some of the stadiums in Texas legitimately are bigger than pro stadiums. I mean, we're talking about 60, 70, 80,000 seat stadiums for high school football games. I mean, they really pack it out on Friday nights in some parts of Texas. Uh, it's a part of the culture, man. Um so they have a lot of money. New new NIL deals have gotten a lot of recruits to go there, and Saban is a old-school guy. I mean, there's there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. He's not outspoken about a lot of things, but when he does, he really means it, and he's an, he's an old-school guy. And uh, these NIL deals, you're going to have schools that have more money who are going to be able to pay more recruits. I mean, that that's simply what it is. It's just It's just ironic to me that Nick Saban is angry about recruits wanting to go to a school 
because they've got a lot of opportunity being presented to them. I mean, it's pretty funny well, to me. Well, one could argue that A&M does have a lot of upside. I mean, even look, though they go nine and three or eight and four every season, you're in the SEC. Johnny Manziel was able to market himself out of this world to the freaking moon when he was there. They've, if you're in, if you're an SEC school, you automatically have that stage. All right, no matter what, and they've got the money. I just think, like I said, it's really ironic that Nick Saban, who has benefited from his winning pedigree to get the best or close to the best recruiting class every year since he's been in Alabama since his first championship win is mad that someone beat him out. Okay. And, uh, I mean, look, he's an old head. He, he doesn't like that, that you can just pay players. I guess he just thinks that players have to go where they think they can win. Uh, Jim work underneath him, uh, said that you go and you dig up his past. I mean, you're going to find things that despicable, you know, so like it's like what's what's unsaid here, and Saban also went after uh, Deion Sanders and uh, them getting the number one recruit overall in the class with Jackson State, and uh, I saw Dion and them tweet about it. I saw him tweet like, "You got this much money, Travis Hunter? They don't even pay me that much." <laughs> so I I don't know, man. I think it's just it's a dumb conversation, but it's a conversation that's going to be had until the NIL rulings are completely set in stone and figured out how to make it as fair as possible across the board. Their the transfer portal is already becoming basically free agency at this point. So I, it's turning into a pro sports league without it being pro. Uh, I think it's good for the student athletes. I think all of this is good for the student athletes. We were in college. I had friends that were student athletes. And I mean, as a student athlete, uh, I'm pretty sure they recently expanded uh, the rules on scholarships now where you have unlimited scholarships every year as long as you don't go over the actual roster limit. Uh, I read that somewhere, if that's incorrect, sorry. Uh, but it's good for these guys, man. I mean, they're getting their colleges paid for because of these scholarships. And realistically, any college athlete can earn an NIL deal. It does not mean it's going to be fantastic. It does not mean it's going to be crazy. There's going to be some athletes who are third stringers who get a billboard with their name on it for a local printer company okay but that's extra money in their pocket i think you should absolutely be able to use your likeness how you want okay i think it's crazy that there's been documented uh, uh points where there's people uh in college sports who have sold jerseys and they uh they got kicked out of uh college sports because they sold jerseys or because they made money off of their likeness selling autographs or whatever uh, or, or they had YouTube channels or, or TikTok channels or whatever, and they could not uh, continue that because it was technically making money off of their likeness, which the NCAA owned because you were a part of their programs. I think that's crazy to me. Uh, it's it's great for the student athletes. It's great for the sports in general, man, uh, because it pushes more of the the money-making aspect. What it does, even though it doesn't seem like it right now, you you knock off the blue bloods of football. I mean, truly. Uh, we're going to get to the point where there's no different divisions and conferences. It's, it's, it's just going to be the ACC, the SEC. There's going to be no East and West or none of that. 
Um, conferences conferences are, are going to probably mean less. You're going to have interconference play. It's all about who offers the most money to who to play where. It's it's going to be a numbers game. It's going to be a money gang and a game, and and there's going to be more parity throughout football. It's not just going to be Alabama's always in the top four. And I it's just like the NBA, like we were saying earlier. Parity is 100% the thing you want. I mean, that's what makes sports interesting to watch. So. Now, if you want to go back to a season that had the most parity ever seen, look no further than 2006, 2007. Mm-hmm. You had how many different number one seeds that season? You had Kansas and Missouri play for the number one seed. Two teams that hadn't been sniffing that level of greatness in ever. Yeah. So, and, I mean, the the best player in college football that year, wasn't that guy from Hawaii that, like, was like uh, uh, Colt Brennan. Yeah. Yeah. That set all, all the like, records. That set all the records. Brennan Whedon was really good that year. Yeah. And then there was also Houston had a good quarterback too. Uh, I think that year that was, they were all three fighting for like the most yards and touchdowns that, that year. Like, but uh, it's, it's just time where look, un, until COVID and NFL draft hit LSU really hard, they were in that, Top four, top six, top eight every year. I mean, we're talking about you've got college blue bloods in the NFL and the NBA. Uh, everybody knows them. Uh, NBA, NFL, NBA, uh, basketball, football. My fault. Uh, you've got blue bloods in terms of college and basketball and football. Football, we know for the longest time. Alabama, LSU, uh, where. Georgia was there for a long time. Florida was there when Tebow was there. Clemson was always there for a while. Florida State was there for a while, and then they kind of fell off. Uh, Like, you've got these teams that are always consistently at the top. Penn State for a while is another one. Penn State, while Paterno was there. Ohio State. Ohio State always. Oklahoma for the last couple years since... uh, when they had Lincoln Riley there was always at the top. You've always got... Even with Stoops, too. Even with Stoops, they were great. Yeah. You, um, Texas for a while was was early good enough there, early two thousands. You've got programs that when they get a stake, they keep it. And I think what this NIL deal does is it evens the playing field, right? It's no longer just hey, we win championships, come here. It's hey, we've got a deal, man. Like used to. You couldn't pull a number one recruit away unless they were dead set on playing somewhere else. Right? Like, you you couldn't pull a number one recruit away from Alabama. If if he wanted a championship, if he thought he could play at it, play at Alabama, they're gonna get the TV time. Boom. But now, hey buddy, you're being offered such and such money to go out to go to Alabama, but they have to pay a ton of players. We don't pay a lot of players. We've got all this money saved up. You're the number one recruit in the country. Come and take all this money, bro. All of a sudden, you get the number one player in the country. You get this TV time. Now people see, I kind of want to go play for them now. He makes you better. It evens the playing field. Imagine if the transfer portal and the... um... And the NILs existed at the time for TCU and Boise State. Because those are the two teams that a lot of people like to look at whenever they think about, like, playoff expansion and 
changing the BCS system, et cetera, et cetera, was, well, we let Boise State in and they beat Oklahoma. Well, we let TCU into the Rose Bowl and they won the Rose Bowl. So imagine it, what, what would happen if those teams had that, man, like at that time. Uh, I think uh, I think another thing, too, that we're going to push forward to is I think we're going to see an expansion of the playoff very soon. You have to. Four is they're, not They're going to see enough. out the rest of this contract, uh, I think is what they said, because they talked about it already. I think they're going to see out the rest of the contract for television export purposes mostly, because these things and locations are set years ahead of time. Have to be. Um, and who's hosting the championship, like what network it's going to be on, which I think it's ESPN for the most part now. Um. Yeah, but isn't it like set in stone until like 2028 or something like that? I I think so. I think it's gonna be later 2000s. Um, Yeah, but uh, I think uh, I think they're gonna have to expand the playoff once that deadline hits. They're gonna have to. You absolutely have to. I mean, if you look at the March Madness bracket, it's 64 teams. If you're counting the extra teams that that can possibly get in, it's what 70, 72, something like that like 68 or 72 teams that have a chance to get into the March Madness bracket. A lot of these 15 and 16 seed teams, they're not going to be able to beat these one and two seeds and actually make a deep run, but it happens here and there. It happened this year with the 15 seed that, that beat it too. I don't remember who it was. Um, But obviously you're not going to have a top 25 or top 24 or top 30 or whatever playoff bracket. That's way too many games, especially for football. It's, it's way more physical and you get way more chances to get hurt. But a eight team playoff, a 10 team playoff, a 12 team playoff. I mean, realistically the top 10, the top 12 teams in college football, any day. And this stays true. Any team can beat any other team in college football. If you just come out to play. You just have to caught. You just you just have to catch somebody on on a bad day for them, good day for you, whatever. Top ten, top twelve teams should should be able to do it. It's it's sad when there's teams like look. I don't like Alabama, and I love it when there's only four teams left, and Alabama's not one of them. Okay, that brings me pure joy. I think it's hilarious, but at the same time, there's no reason Alabama shouldn't be in the college football playoff every year. They have way too much publicity. They bring way too much watch time. I mean, the Rednecks in Alabama have nothing else to celebrate except watching Alabama football. So you're losing a whole state of demographics over there, except for Auburn fans, which I feel bad for because they're more civil. Um, You have to expand it. Because there's times where the 7th or the 8th seed were the 1 or 2 seed and they lose 1 or 2 games and all of a sudden they drop. But they're still good. So that brings me to another question. Would you have it with the new NFL playoff system, the way that they've done it, if there's a play-in game to get into the wild card? Uh, is that how you would want to do it with a, say, a... a you mean the NBA or the NFL? Uh, no, the NFL has the extra week for the playoffs now, don't they? For for To get the two teams into the wild card? I think there's an extra week. Didn't they add a, uh, an extra part? Or didn't they add an extra team to the playoffs, I thought? I don't know. I mean, I didn't watch closely enough. I, I watched the Super Bowl. Maybe there Bowl, wasn't but... a bye week. Maybe they added like two extra teams per per side, and there wasn't a bye for the first seed. Yeah, maybe, I think maybe I that's think, what it was. 
I think it was to like play for the wild card position or something like that. I don't remember. I don't remember, I don't remember the last NFL season but, really that much. So so how would you how would you be looking at doing it? Would you want it to be So you have your eight set teams, they're locked in, I guess. I would personally prefer ten or twelve, but it's gonna be eight at most, I feel. If you're looking at eight, you can have one plays eight, two plays seven, three plays six, four plays five. The the question that I'm trying to get to, I guess, would be: you have your you have your top of the table set, so you have your one through. Say you want to do ten teams, you have your one through six set. Okay, uh, so then you have a seven and eight, a nine and a ten. Do you have the the seven play the ten, and the eight and nine play to get the last two spots set? Yeah, probably. So yeah. that's how you, that's how you'd want it to you'd want it to be or something similar to that. I think you would have to do, um, you have to do multiples of four. I think I think ten could work, but I think you do multiple of fours because you get to the point where you're adding an extra week for some teams and not for others. So if you are in that seven to ten bracket, even though you have a chance to make it. You play one of those games, a big guy gets hurt, even though you made it now, you know, like you're at that disadvantage. I think keeping the same amount of games played for everyone that's in the playoffs is a is an important thing. Uh, 10 works. I, I think 12 would be the greatest because the gap between one and four is never super big but the gap between one and 12 is i think big enough where there's parity because if a four beats a one it's like oh that's a crazy you know that's a interesting playoff game but if a 12 seed beats a one i mean if you're talking about 12 seeds you're talking about like a wisconsin and iowa like a two loss three loss team sometimes if they get in the playoffs and they beat a one-seeded clemson alabama lsu wow that's a crazy game you know, like it adds way more parity, like we were saying. I think they're going to do it eight. It can happen, by the way, because a lot of times that that Wisconsin is going to show up. They play well whenever they play their consistent. game. They play well. They're consistent. I mean, LSU has lost to Wisconsin multiple times in the last like twenty years. I think uh, played them at Green Bay, lost that one. Uh, I think we played them in maybe a bowl game and lost that yeah. one too. So, like they're they're very good, and that's just because we're because we're LSU fans, so we kind of remember those games. But I think it's at least, it has to be eight teams. If it's six, that's stupid. You're just adding two more teams. That's retarded. There's no point in expanding at that point. You're just teasing. Yeah. it's it, It's got to be at least eight, and it should be, because it's like we were saying, there's some years where LSU's been a one or two seed, and they lose two games in the year and they're a six or seven seed you missed a playoffs well an 18 playoff you get more fans into it you get more games you get more watch time it makes more sense monetarily there's more parity it just makes more sense when you think about it for me at least but all right well we kind of went through all of our topics for the most part uh i think it's fun i think uh Finally, start stop being lazy and actually sat down and recorded. So, this has been uh, the Common Sense Podcast. 
Where? Two idiots make one complete thought? Sometimes. Sometimes. I, uh, I'm Wes, a guy that's uh, been talking a lot, has a lot of really strong opinions. Hello! It's Matt, co-host. What's up? Uh, we're going to try to make this more regular thing uh, with our free time. So, hope you guys enjoyed. Hope you uh, continue to support us and continue to tune in. You got any, any closing thoughts you want to add, or are we good to go? Tupperware. Buy Tupperware. Buy, buy Tupperware, baby. <laughs> We're going to recode their minds like those videos <laughs> of the cats with Kill John Lynn. Kill John Lynn. Buy Tupperware. <laughs> Telling you, bro. It's, yeah. it's the next big thing. <laughs> Screw Bitcoin. Coming on a, it's coming on a resurgence. Drop your life savings in Tupperware. <laughs> All right. Well, it was a fun time. Like we said, we'll make this more regular thing. Follow us. We'll have our uh, our socials somewhere. We're on all of them. <laughs> See you next time.